I saw him again. Yes. Uh, that's where I'll stop right there. Um, thank you, Pastor, uh, for uh, bringing me up so lightly. Because I was actually pretty nervous today. I had the, the butterflies. You know the butterflies? You know, I was talking a big game to the guys this morning. But at the same time, I just woke up from a nap. And I was like, oh, I am not just ready. Come on. Uh-huh. Hi, Ace. Yeah. Be prepared, brother. <laughs> this is where the bar starts. If it's low or high, I'm sorry. Either way, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I am thankful. I'm thankful for my family being here. And I'm thankful for the church, uh, for our, you know, our, our, our head honcho over here, the leader. I'm so thankful for him and his, uh, his guidance. And, of course, head honcho junior, who is always, uh, who's always there besides too. <laughs> Evan, we missed you. And we are just so, we're so glad you're back. You know, the sound of the music doesn't sound as exciting without you. Um, but thank you for the opportunity. This is my, uh, my three-peat for this up here, and hopefully this is better than the last one. Uh, let's, let's take our Bibles to James, chapter 3. James chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. Okay. James 3, 17 18. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, Gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, tonight is a night of remembering, uh, rejoicing, uh, of reflecting, Lord, reflecting on the things you have done for us, Father. I myself am, am blessed to have three beautiful children and a wonderful wife, Lord, and so many other families, Lord. They're just so thankful to have everyone around them, Lord. Lord, for everyone that's missing, we pray that they, their, their lives are blessed. We pray that their lives are, are moved towards Christ, Lord. For the lost, Lord, we pray that they, they feel the spirit. They feel someone tugging at them, just saying, we need, I need you, I want you, I love you. And it's Christ. That's Christ coming to them and and being a part of them, Lord. Lord, I pray that this sermon, though it's the first, may it never end and may it be never, never stop coming. May this uh, form of love that you have given us be shown to others. And may the peace of all understanding be upon them. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> um, I know recently I've had... Uh, some hardships with my family. Uh, it's been a, it's been already announced to everyone that things have been pretty difficult for, for us and how things are moving forward. And I thank you for your prayers. I thank you for that because uh, about two years, just a little over two years ago, you know, the, the moment I walked through that door, I walked in here with a heavy heart. I walked in here with 
a lot of my shoulders and a lot of my chest and I was quiet and it was dark. And it was not easy for me to open my mouth to anyone, no matter how many times my wife begged me to just speak to someone, speak to pastor. And it took a long time. It took well over a year for me to open up. But praise the Lord that I did. Because I know it surprised people when they hear things, um, when they hear the news that uh, there are allegations on your name and on your, and, and against you. And those things are pretty hard. And, and I was hurting, even though I was assured that I would never, ever be put in a situation that would ruin my life. You know, it is crucial that we understand that our strength is given to us by God. You understand? Uh, Philippians uh, 4.13 says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I know that a lesser man would, uh, would be paralyzed. A lesser man would not want to wake up and get out of bed. But I praise the Lord every day that I get to stand up, stand strong, and be a leader, a father and a husband, to be respected by other men, to be looked upon by others, and I am honored by it. Church, I've had a blessed year. Praise the Lord. I've had a blessed year with my, with getting the chance, opportunities to preach, getting opportunities to serve with men, getting opportunities to get to know some of these guys. I'm, I've been beyond blessed. And, um, one of the biggest blessings I've gotten this year was uh, for my birthday. My wife gave me a beautiful gift. I mean, it's like a huge 1828, no Webster's Dictionary, which I use always. It's, it's crazy. I've defined words I did not understand. I've looked at things I did not know. But this, this dictionary is special. It's special because it's from a time where people actually spoke in the way the Bible was written. So every word, every definition, it sounds like you're getting more Bible. And believe me, it's Noah Webster. Noah as in a biblical name. He's been put, he's, he puts notes. He puts, um, he puts other things in the Bible, in, in this dictionary that come from the Bible. There's verses in there that shows you where the originations um, come from. And when you think of how the world sees things now, and how the world, the world see things then, that the words don't even leave the same. That I, I, I'm just so glad that this, this, this dictionary, I can use it and actually be a blessing to others. Now, since I have this, this dictionary now, I'm going to use every chance that I have to take a word, define it, and give it to you. So from, every, from now on, every time I do a sermon, praise the Lord, I get to continue. Um, that I'm going to define the words. And I'm going to start with one. And this is going to be part of the main message. Uh, we're going to start with peace. <clears throat> the Noah Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines peace as a state of quiet or tranquility, freedom from disturbance or agitation. And that is just the first definition. There are about seven others. But the sixth one is the one that always that gets me the most because this is the depiction through Christian eyes. This says, the sixth definition of peace is heavenly rest, the happiness of heaven, from the root word in Latin called pax or peoch. <clears throat> we hear that peace can be attained by things like uh, silence 
or meditation or standing out of the window looking at the Pocono Mountains at the refreshed snow, but the Word of God, it knows better, all right? But what is heavenly peace? Now, the things that stick out from heavenly peace, the first word is heavenly, and it means heaven. That means something that's eternal, forever, paradise, all right? And not the world's version of paradise. It means how Christ explains it. It means that this is where peace is. This is where you go to live in great happiness. The Lord describes heaven as a place where there will be no tears. There is no more sorrows. And I would like us to go to Revelations 21 with that, actually. Revelations 21. Because this is exactly what the Lord wants for us to, to continue to think about, to have in our hearts, to keep in our minds, because we are saved people. I like to think that everyone here tonight that's going to be here till midnight is saved because we're here representing the church and we love Christ. Revelations 21.4 says, <clears throat> And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Amen. <clears throat> this is what is possible in heaven. It's paradise. It's a perfect place. Now, what about peace? Heavenly peace. I ask myself how to do this. All right? how does, where does peace come from? How do we attain peace? What is the origin of peace? Peace is a word that's stuck into my mind for the last few months because I prayed for it nonstop. Situationally, arbitrarily, you know, we're not perfect people. We're not perfect people. And because we're not perfect people, we need to attain peace. <clears throat> I'm going to go to Psalm 34. If you want to come follow me as well, you can. I'm going to just try to not take up too much time. Psalm 34, 14. <clears throat> it says, Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This means that peace is pursuable. You can seek it, you can find it, you can attain it. Okay? It is for you. You should seek after it. I like to say that peace is worth more than all the riches in the world. The wealthiest man in the world may have every object in his eye that he wants. But peace may not be anywhere near him. He may not see peace, know peace, or ever come upon peace. You know what happens when you have peace, guys? You have a stronger value of fighting against temptation. Your heart wants less. Your heart wants what God wants. And you think and put yourself second, third, last amongst many people that you have. In my eyes, I am fifth place. I am fifth place to God, to my wife, to my children, to my church. I am last. And 
through peace, I find being last the perfect place. Why do we seek peace? Now, what can peace do to you? If I go back to Psalm 4, 8, uh, David talks about it. He talks about being in peace and what it does for him. It says, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep, for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Safety. What is that? Is, is peace is a safety? No, peace is the idea of not being in control and being okay. Peace is the feeling of knowing that because you're not in control, that there's a, a higher power, a higher Lord in control. Because we all know we can only do but so much with our own hands, with our own bodies, with our own minds and our own hearts. We can only love so much. We can only give so much. We can only do so much. But everything outside of that small circle of you is God. Amen. And the trust that you need to have for God. I think that uh, I thought about peace every day. I thought about peace when I needed the comfort of my family. I thought of peace when I needed silence. I thought of peace when I needed to be away from people. And I thought of peace when I needed to be with people. Because we did not, I did not know where to find these things. It's not something you just look for. It's not something you just find. It's something that is, has to be actually given to you. Peace is something that is something you definitely need to seek after, but peace is something that is given to you through a certain understanding that you have. Let's, um, I would like to um, show you how peace affects your life. Let's go to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah because the Lord works through many people, and like the word of the Bible, the Lord shows peace through his, his servants. Okay, he shows how peace can be given through his servants. I've had many characters in my mind while I was writing this sermon. I was thinking about Daniel. Every trial, fiery furnace, lion's den, interpreting dreams, his identity, his thoughts, his, his life being taken from Israel, put into this horrible place that has no God. And in actuality, they praised whoever the leader was as God. And though Daniel did not have any idea what to do next because he didn't know the language, he didn't know anything about the place, he knew that his faith had to stay with God. And so that's, let's just go to Isaiah now, and I want to <clears throat> read Isaiah 26, 3. Sorry about that, 26. Because we all know that Isaiah is one who is highly, highly favored by God. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Though wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Now we understand peace is trust. Peace is trust in whom? In the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Je Jesus is where our peace comes from. He is the Prince of Peace. 
He is our comforter. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. <clears throat> peace is important. If you have peace, in turn, you also have no worries. How is that? I really wanted to break this down as much as humanly possible. But as further as I kept looking, the more I thought that I was not going to get anywhere because it's, it's this. It's all of this. You, you think you want to find peace, but you actually have to find it in here. In, in between the lines, in the ink, in your prayers, in your meditations, in your silence with God, in your time and study. So, not enough time, guys, sorry. <laughs> I couldn't do it. But peace, heavenly peace, heavenly rest, those are the things we seek after. I want everybody to go to Matthew 5, please. Matthew 5. I don't want to forget the chapter this time. <clears throat> I love bouncing around. I love everybody looking down and then out of nowhere to just look up at you like, oh, hey, guys. It's good to see you. You look sharp. Love the beard. You have a, how you doing? Nice beard, buddy. <clears throat> um, Matthew 5. Now, verse 9. Now, some of you guys have the Bible that has red print. Just so you know, that's Jesus talking. Okay? If you didn't know. You guys have black print. You should understand, okay? You should already know. Because you guys are tested. You know what I mean? Uh, it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Do you consider yourself a child of God? Have you gained his glorious peace? I can wholeheartedly say that I have never understood peace until this whole court case. This mistake this consequence but even though I came here heavy hearted sorrowful uh, I hate to say depressed but that's just the deepest word I can think of depressed dark I sat in court I sat in the middle I, I sat in one of those tables where there's two guys one guy's your one guy's against you, the guy, that's who you are. You're defending yourself because that's usually what happens. You're defending yourself because we're not, we're not, we're Christians. We don't push people like that. So I'm sitting defending myself and in actuality, I'm sitting there because I'm pleading at this point. I'm telling the judge that I give in. I want to plead my, my, my guilt because, well, I was guilty, unfortunately. So the, the judge just in turn, she tells me that do you understand what's going on? Do you understand what you're doing? You're pleading. You're saying you're guilty. You're saying that you did this. You're saying you're wrong. You're saying that we find you incorrect and you just you are incorrect. You're going to take this. And she says the same thing over and over again in different ways mixing and matching the words in different, in different styles and different languages for all I heard. But in turn, is so that I can understand that I'm going to say yes. I'm going to give in. I'm going to give up. I'm kind of pushing myself aside at this point. And though this very moment where I have to say that I'm pleading, that I'm, I'm going to say, yeah, I did it. I was wrong. 
I, I normally thought that I would just melt away. Melt away in my chair. Just, just a pile of David in the chair. Honestly, honestly, I, I was, I was, I thought I'd be hyperventilating, breathing very hard, because I know failing the people that's most important to me is going to hurt the most. And as I sat there, listening, agreeing to all the things that I've done, I was different. I was beside myself because I thought what she was telling me was, I am wrong. I am wrong. I, and, and what I kept feeling in my heart and in my head, I was like, I'm hearing that I did something wrong and that I'm guilty. But at the same time, I'm like, I've always been guilty. I've been lost. For so many years of my life, I've been lost. I've been without Christ. And those of you who have been lost, you know that you don't even know where you are until Christ grabs you. He goes, hey, I want you. And you don't feel anything until Jesus goes, hey, I know you're down there. You don't, you don't see anything else. But I promise you, when you look up, there's a beautiful sky. You're stuck in the well, but there's a beautiful sky if you look up. Even though at 360, it's nothing but moss and stone and muck. It's despond everything you could think of. I'm sitting in a chair at court, and they're telling me that I'm guilty. And I go, but I have Christ. Amen. And believe me, no one wants to be in court. No one wants to be told that they're guilty, and this is, this is your punishment coming to you now. But I was smiling. I was smiling. I was happy. My heart was light. My weight was, well, I didn't have any weight. I'm over 300 pounds. And I felt nothing. I felt as if I could be floating. I felt something I did not understand until I left. But at that moment, I felt peace. I felt heavenly rest. I don't know if you've ever felt it, because if, you're, if you haven't felt it, you're, you're, really, you're, really, you're really missing out. And I think that there's a, a relational thing that you need to kind of uncover with God, that you need to dig up from yourself, which is more like put yourself away and put God first and put him forward. But the Holy Spirit was in me. God was with me. I wasn't alone. It wasn't just me and my lawyer. It was me, the angels, the Holy Spirit, Jesus himself was there with me. And I felt bright. And I felt light. And I felt joyous. And I was excited. Who's excited in court? Nobody. Never. Ever. No one's ever excited. No one's excited for court, whether it's a ticket or whether anything. I'm sorry. All right? You could be trying to sue somebody for billions of dollars. You're still not happy even though you're in court. But I was happy, excited. The feeling, the weird feeling of peace in my heart. I literally stood up. I said, Your Honor, God bless you. I thank you for your patience, for giving me this. I thank you for giving me this. Because I know that the Lord's work is not done. And though I may not be here in the upcoming months, I will be with God. Through all the hardship, through all the dirtiness, through all the craziness, the things that no one should see, I will see. And like Paul, I will give glory. I want you guys to understand that 
my prayers are never for me. Except for wisdom, because I always, I think I'm a little slow. But I always pray for wisdom because, you know, sometimes I pray for knowledge. Because I, I look at Brother Kester and I'm just like, he knows so much. I just, I'm just jealous, man. Just, just slightly jealous, okay? Listen, I, I've heard your testimony. That's not the same as mine. I was, I was on the floor crying. You were like, oh, I'm going to read this all the way through until I can't stop. And I was, listen, man, I was, I was on the floor crying. Literally, literally on the floor begging, begging for the Lord to help me. And I'm not a bad kid. I'm a great kid. My mom loves me. I'm probably the favorite. <laughs> My sister don't know this. Uh, Jess, if you're watching, I'm sorry. But uh, I'm probably the favorite. <laughs> Uh, you might have my mom now, but she's coming back to me later. Don't worry. Um, honestly, people, the Lord uh, has given me a peace in the darkness, a peace in the seldom, a peace in the sorrow. Uh, I, I want to move to John 14 before I skip it because that's what's going to end up happening. John 14, 7, uh, 27. Yet again, this is God talking. All right? It's in red in mine. Mine says red because I'm not on the level of you, Pastor. I'm sorry. Mine says red. <clears throat> John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Listen, I've, I've read the Bible cover to cover before. And never in my life did I read something so powerful. As I have been challenged here now today in my life. I've never read anything so, so strengthening. This is Jesus, our creator. This is our savior, the sacrifice, the perfect lamb. And he says, I will give you peace. You think someone, anyone here can say, I'm going to give you peace. Could you even take that for a penny? I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. He says, I will give you peace. The verse before that, he says, I'm the comforter. I'm the comforter. He's, I'm here for you. I have a whole bunch of words here. And I've, I've totally skipped a whole bunch of them. My wife knows because I've, I've, I've talked to her like six, seven times. She fell asleep on me like at least three times. <laughs> You know, it's nothing new. It's nothing new, guys, okay? All right? I don't know how you guys talk to your wife, but if I don't talk to my wife, I know I'm losing it. <clears throat> I have this funny joke I had here, and I don't want to say it no more because I feel it's wrong, you know? You know, I'm, let's roll through it anyway. I, I feel good about this, okay? Preston, I feel good about this. You know, praise the Lord. Um. The weight of my life and this alter, alter, life-altering misjudgment, it felt different. No fear. No will to cower away. But the feeling of strength. The feeling of uplifting. The feeling of encouraging. The feeling of K-love. And that's a joke. That was terrible. That was a terrible joke. But I wanted to say it. I wanted to say it because I don't get many jokes. You guys laugh at points where I don't know why you laughed. So I don't get many jokes. I'm new here, guys. I'm sorry. This is my third time here. 
Um, <laughs> in the courtroom, peace fell upon me. I was unafraid. The peace that I sought after finally arrived. And at that moment, I did not want it to fade away. I didn't want peace to just depart. I wanted to stay abound. I wanted it so badly. I, you can ask my wife, when I got home after going to court, she's like, what is wrong with you? Where is my husband? How did you get here? You spiritual person. And I said, I said, Lord, have mercy on my soul. And he gave me peace. And I was happy. And the first time I've heard about me feeling the way I felt is when I was reading it to her last night at 4 o'clock in the morning. And she's just out of it. And I'm out of it. But I'm hyped at the same time. Just like, ooh, I'm doing this right here. Is it good? You like it? Help me. Help me, please. No, my, my, my wife is like a, a literary major kind of person. So she helps me write these things. And as you can see, I totally tore this thing up, which is my fault. <laughs> um, how am I doing on time, sir? Okay. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. I guess not yet. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> let me tell you. Christ shows us a way of peace through his gospel. That is the way we find it. I think when we're seeking peace, we don't just seek the word peace or seek what peace does to you. We seek the gospel. We seek, we seek Christ and what he did for us. Everybody, lastly, let's move to Ephesians chapter 6. This is the last verse, and it's the shortest one. I praise the Lord. Ephesians six fifteen, And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So too close. <clears throat> Everyone wants heavenly peace. The lost, they want heavenly peace. We want heavenly peace. The only way to have it is to come to the foot of the cross. Amen. It is the only way. Amen. Repent of your sins. Amen. Believe on Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, and be born again. For the fleshly peace is a lie, but heavenly peace is truth. Will you receive it today? Surrender fully to him and be in peace. Let us pray. My Lord, my God, our peace abounds in this place. And everyone's feeling, feeling that something's going on here. This is not a regular service. This is not a regular time. This is a time of sacrifice. We could be home with our families, Lord, but we're here with you. We're here with you in heart. Here, you in our minds, Lord. I thank you for today. I thank you for another good year. I thank you for a good time with our people. Our people. The people you gave us, Lord. Because of your sacrifice. Without you, there was 
none of us here. Without you, there's no joy here. There's no love. There's no peace. Lord, I pray tonight that for not just me, but for everyone here, that we gain this great amount of peace, that we know that it comes from you, God, that it comes from you, Lord, that we know it comes from the almighty God and put ourselves last behind it, knowing that you shall direct our paths, that we trust in you, that we honor you, and we glorify your name and not our own. Lord, I want to pray for the next preachers coming up. I'm going to pray for our brothers who sit here and have to be leaders in their families, and have to be leaders outside in their workplace, that have to be leaders in the church, that have to be leaders everywhere they go, because if they slip and fall, we are all in danger. I pray for these men, and of course I pray for the ladies who back them up. I pray for their center, their heart, their loves, for their strength, because they may be called help me, but they are really on equal and perfect opposite ends of their love, of their hearts, of their needs. So I thank you, Lord, for the men and women here. I thank you and honor and glorify your name. Lord, help bless us. Be with us. We pray in Jesus' name.